127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry, 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, yo, yo. Myself, there it is. Johnson on the board today, ladies and gentlemen. But welcome to the podcast. If you wonder why my mic muted, <laughs> it was a yo, misclick. Yo, 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 yo. But we're back. What it do, podcast crew? Yeah, you had to finish for me. I didn't. I wasn't able to finish the, the intro, so thank you for that. It's okay. I you're appreciate welcome. that. What's today? I guess when this goes out, it'll be the 14th. Is that right? Mm-hmm. The 14th of December. Mm, we are... 14th day of December. My true love sent to me 14... This mic is mad loose. Of the things that are mentioned in the 12 days song. What, what is that? that? 12... If you, if you were to come up with something on the 14th day of Christmas, what would it be? Yeah. So it's 12 drummers drumming, right? Yep. Avoid birds. There's a lot of those already. 13... Um, I think we already have we already have ladies in there. So thirteen men. Um, <laughs> I, I'll take. No, I'm saying like we already have like you just like, want to balance. It's like eight ladies, and we have nine pipers, and we have yep. There's another one that's a ladies one. So we haven't used the word men. So let's do let's do thirteen men. Um, but then the hard part is it has to be something that starts with M. So let's do men. We already have making melodies is too long. Men making melodies. Are we in 13 or 14? 13. 13. For 13. Um, 13 male musicians. <laughs> that okay. sounds weird. We, we watched a movie last night. We did. It's very inappropriate. In the, in the sense of cursed language, but we talked, it was about band. Yeah, it was about band. Is it a popular movie? Is it Whiplash? It is Whiplash. I've been curious to see it. Yeah, like a lot of strong language. Looking back at it, it probably not the greatest watch. Yeah, I I didn't I when I looked at the thing, I didn't know that how much language it was going to have, and so I was I was a little uh, frustrated. I guess is the word because of how many like just word bombs were used. Word, Word bombs. Overall, I mean, it was a it was a decent movie that it definitely like. The plot didn't really make sense that much in the sense of like how it ended. Like you're, you're kind of just supposed to assume something yeah. and it, it's just kind of like unresolved. So it's, it's mid, like the casting is really, really good. The acting is good. But as far as like the direction of the movie, it, it doesn't really get you anywhere. Yeah. Well, I had heard about it cause it's like, it got a bunch of awards or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it's one of those like, quirky movies where because i'm not like a film critic i don't really get why like i've seen one clip from it um and then i feel like last night when i was with friends watching movie the killers of the flower moon came up oh yes yeah Didn't yes see that? i did see that movie. i haven't seen it it's one of those also the trailer i cannot at all tell what's going on but it yep. was awarded or it was like given a bunch of nominations for awards yeah that was a that was a good movie it also I think it's just the film industry nowadays, just not the most appropriate, but yeah. um, I, well, thought it was a, I thought it was a good movie. Well, in the movie, like the reason that they won awards is because, again, J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller, they do a really good job at like showing their emotion in as if they were the characters. So it makes sense as to why the actors won awards. But I think yeah. just from a director standpoint, whoever made the the movie and adapted it from his kind of experience in band 
it just it it wasn't a very great movie in my opinion. Like it, You're talking about Whiplash? Yeah, like it just it just lacked a lot of content. I felt like it really didn't it didn't have direction. Like Yeah. You're supposed to just again at the end you're supposed to assume that he you know goes and continues playing, but like it it definitely felt like the movie the the hour and 40 minutes of the movie could have taken 20 minutes. Yeah, that's or 30 fair. minutes to describe that and then they could have developed the plot a lot further, but yeah. That's my take. Is our podcast now a movie review? <laughs> yeah. What did y'all watch yesterday? Did y'all watch Killers of the Flower Moon? Did y'all Free just guy. talk about it? Free Guy? Yeah, I've all yeah. heard of it. No. Yeah, I've seen it. It's it's all right. I felt like the only person in the room who hadn't seen it, but it was... I've not seen you it. Have, I think you have. It's about... It's uh, Ryan Reynolds. He's like the blue guy that's a video game character. What's it called again? Free Guy. Free Guy. Maybe I have. I it's basic. Was it in theaters or is it only on? It was in theaters. How long ago? I don't know. I hadn't seen it. A year? A year and a half? Um, I was... It's kind of that same idea as the creator that recently came out where it's like an AI has the ability to then be, they make it like re- way too real. So like becomes a person instead yeah. of an AI. So basically the idea in the movie is that this guy and, and this girl, they create this game that's very similar to like, um, what's the, what's the game where you like have people that can walk around saying, not saying, um, Starts with a C, I believe. Sims. 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 That game. So it's similar. Sims with a C, guys. It doesn't no, start. It doesn't start with a C. It doesn't start with a C, but it starts with or Sims. But so the basically, basically, the idea is that these people they create this game like Sims, and in their code is the ability for these AI to become sentient, to where eventually the game can evolve to where you're not like controlling these people, but you go into the game and you observe these sentient characters yeah. literally live. Huh. And so, because to them that it's, it's totally real. Yeah. And so the, the whole plot is based on that, but you, I think you definitely have seen it before. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> it, came, it came out in 2021. 2021. I don't know if I've seen that then. The, yeah, I hadn't even barely heard of it. I, I thought like- the interesting part of it was the person who created the characters in the video games like because it had to come from a thought in the real human's mind, like created, yeah, the male mm. character to be designed like himself. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I love that deeper plot lines. Well, welcome, welcome back to the podcast, by the way, Bailey. Thank you. Um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but we're glad that you're back. Uh, you're always one of the first, but you were the first place that I turned when it was like, "Hey, I got a text from from John. We're trying to figure out a time." He's like, "Yeah, I'm not available." And we're like, "Okay." Is Bailey free? Um, and so thank you for, for being willing and able to to jump on. Uh, speaking of, of reflecting on movies and their reviews and impacts, uh, today we're talking about healthy reflections. Um, obviously, y'all are probably back for the holiday break um, if you're listening to this when it drops. And so uh, we thought this would be a good time to talk about uh, just looking back even like, I guess, for example, this semester, but at any point in your life, looking back um, at the last couple months, the last season, um, and how to do that in a healthy way. So what do we, I guess, to kind of lay some groundwork, what do we mean by reflecting? Um, like, what does that mean? What does it look like? Just kind of very brief, very overview um, kind of question. But I mean, it means to dwell on, I'm going to say this, and people are going to probably not like the way that I said this, but it, kind of dwelling on the past. But I would say that that doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Yeah. 
in the sense that when you reflect, you look back to the past, you dwell on the past and you realize, okay, these are the things that I, I learned. These are the things that I did well. These are the things that I needed to improve on. Um, this is Lord, this is how I, I see the Lord growing me in this and in, in this, and this is how I want him to continue growing me in that. So I think just looking to, um, the actions of the past, maybe the, the choices that you made in the past or the, um, things that you surrounded yourself with and you're, you're dwelling on those things. You're looking back and kind of observing going forward. How should my life change or, um, adjust based on whether I grew in this season or whether I didn't grow in this season? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. The, the Google, it says, think deeply or carefully about, and a lot of times as people, I think we, we can reflect on our whole life or we can narrow that into different amounts of time. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times at the end of a year, we reflect on that year or maybe especially in college world, a semester at a time or yeah. things like that. And so we can kind of think of something specific to reflect on or just the general thought of what that season was. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you kind of already ruffled some feathers a little bit with, <laughs> with what you dropped there, Caleb. And so uh, I guess the next question is like, is it, is it important? Is it necessary at all to, to look back on a prior season, even as Bailey talked about, like your entire life, like, is this, is this a necessary step or do we just keep our, our head down and keep moving forward? Um, cause I think that's sometimes what, what our culture says to do is just put your head down and run. Um, and so is, is it important? How is it important? Is it necessary? Yeah. You're a center. So yeah. Uh, and, and when I, when I say that, that again, that might've just ruffled some feathers too. But what I mean by that is that because we are sinners, we are never going to be perfect on this earth. Right. And so there always needs to be some form of reflection, right. And every second we as Christians need to reflect on what we just, you know, did or thought or said and realize, okay, was that honoring to Christ in that moment? Well, that's a reflection that we have to make as Christians. And so there never needs to be a, a moment in our lives where we think that we are free from reflecting on things or free from um, just thinking deeply, like Bailey said, about our actions, our words, our our thoughts, our heart posture. We we are sinful creatures. Mm. Um, we're, we're people of habit. We're people that are, are by nature deserving of wrath. And, and the scriptures in Galatians 5 tells us to wage the war against the flesh. And you can't really wage the war against the flesh. You can't really um, serve the spirit with your mind if you're not thinking deeply about the things that you've done. Um, about thinking, thinking deeply about maybe the things that you've done that weren't so honoring to Christ and how you can um, reshape those to be honoring to Christ and to serve the Spirit with your mind. And so as long as we are sinners, we are going to be called to reflect. Yeah, that's good. Any thoughts? <laughs> just a shake of the head. Yeah, I think as, as you were talking, I... I didn't even think about this when I was, when I was writing some of these questions, but I think that's, that's the heart posture of, of prayer is, is a reflective posture that pushes you towards looking towards the future as you look on the past and whether that's in your own life, like the ways uh, that you've fallen short or the ways that maybe you've done some things well, even in some cases. Uh, but I think also just reflecting on, on what the Lord has done, um, I think is, is what the spirit uses a lot of time um, within our prayers is to um, reflect on the ways in which he's moved um, in the sense of that's growing your understanding of, of the heart of God. Um, but also 
uh, your faithfulness in God. Um, as you look towards the past, sometimes it's, that's the thing that's going to propel you um, in your next stage of life to go, I know he's going to be faithful because he's been faithful in the past. Um, and I've seen him be faithful even in hard seasons. And so um, I definitely think it's it's wildly important, um, especially in your prayer life to to be reflective, not only in the things that you've done, but the ways in which you've seen God move, um, I think is, is wildly important. Yeah. Yeah. And you might get into this, but I think there's a difference in what you were saying of like reflecting to look back at God's faithfulness, his goodness, his good deeds is very healthy, but to look back and to sit in something that isn't just about his goodness and pointing back to him, um, sitting in maybe where you went wrong, then that's like not a healthy way Mm -hmm. to look back. And so when I was looking at some scripture beforehand, a lot of the Psalms talk about like at the end of the night, um, to reflect on his goodness. And it, Mm. it says that every time, like when we are to reflect, we're to reflect on his good and not just what we did. Um, but his blessing in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want you guys to hear that. She's not saying that you shouldn't think about what you did wrong Yeah, because again, the only way to experience growth from sin is to realize and to think about that your actions have consequences, that your actions offended God and his goodness. And so realize that those two things are not um, separated by any means, but yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah. As you reflect on the ways in which you've fallen short of the glory of God, that should push you to the ways in which he's been faithful and kind to you and merciful, um, abounding in steadfast love. But uh, y'all hit on this of reflecting on the ways in which you've fallen short. And so my question is, is did Jesus model any sort of reflection? Obviously he's, he's sinless. Um, And so with kind of the groundwork that we've laid of reflecting on maybe ways uh, we've fallen short to learn from and to grow from, um, did Jesus model any, any sort of reflection, reflective moments throughout his ministry through his lifetime? Yeah. I mean, again, it, it helps to, to break the reflections down. And so obviously when we think about reflecting on our sin, like looking to the past and realizing, okay, this is what we did wrong. Clearly Jesus doesn't have any sin to reflect on in the past of his life. However, when we consider reflecting on God's goodness or maybe our actions that we've done that were good and we're um, hoping that we will continue in them, I think really, you know, the, the main um, thing I can use is just the gospel of John. I mean, every section of the gospel of John is, is reflective in, in some senses where Jesus is um, teaching the crowds or the Pharisees or the disciples. And he's reflecting on maybe something that he said earlier, or maybe the, the prophet said beforehand. And so I would say just the gospel of John. I mean, I found in, um, in John chapter 13, when Jesus washes the disciples feet, right? He, he says in um, verse eight, Peter, or sorry, Peter says in verse eight, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And so he then says in verse 10, Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. And so Jesus there is reflecting on the, um, the long aforementioned prophesied one who would betray Jesus. And then he says in verse um, 20, not 20, sorry, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me and whoever receives the one who sent me 
After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And so Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and then he tells them about all of these things. And then after that, he reflects on what he says. And his reflecting thought is, is one of you guys is going to betray me. Yeah. Because has, his mind has, has remembered the scriptures from beforehand that said that one would betray Jesus. And he's, he's seen that now in the um, heart of Judas. Um, because he knew, obviously. And so I think, I think that's just one helpful reflection of, of Jesus where he was reflecting on maybe the, the hearts of other people and, and how that would affect them, how that would affect their eternity. And um, I mean, I could go on and on. John 17, where Jesus is, is praying to God. He says in verse three, I believe. Yeah, three. And this is eternal life for they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Jesus is reflecting on his good deeds that he's done, which have glorified the Father, and he's blessing the Lord for them. He's thank, saying, thank you, God, that you have given me the strength to do everything that you've accomplished and, and that you've required, mm. really. And so I think that there's a model in the scriptures where Jesus is reflecting on um, the purposes that God willed for him to do that he accomplished. And so I think that's helpful tool of reflection for us where we could look back on the things that we've done on the, the kingdom things that we've done and thank God for them. Because notice um, his response in, in verse four, it's I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do verse five. And now father glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Verse six, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And so, again, the idea there is that Jesus had a specific purpose and a specific mission. He went to earth, he did it, and now he's reflecting on what he has done. Mm. And he's blessing the Lord for that. And so I think in in our reflection, when we when we think about the good things that we've done, because it's foolish to say that as Christians that we've never done good things, because clearly his spirit is in us and he is working in us to do good works. And so I think that the point I'm trying to get at here is that when you do good works, your point of reflection should be, thank you, God, that you have given me your spirit who, who wills in me to do these good things. Not just thank you, God, that I'm, I'm such a good person Mm -hmm. because again, that Jesus rebukes that, that mentality in Luke 18, just go read Luke 18. Yeah. So, yeah, I think to, a healthy point of reflection is when you get to the spot of you're wanting to get out of the way of, of God's glory in the sense that when these good deeds take place because of the spirit of God in you, you want people to see that it's God's fault and not your own. Um, and something else that you pointed out too, which I think is really good as you grow in, in your knowledge of the scriptures, I just hit the wire, um, in your relationship with the Lord, your reflection becomes less about yourself and more about the sake of other people. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the great commission. Like your heart begins to, to take it off of yourself and puts it on other people because you want, um, the betterment for them, um, and less for your sake, because you know, you're dying to yourself daily. Um, and again, it's all, all for the sake of God. But, um, I thought that was a good point that you made. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to what John says a lot about like in heaven, um, well, more like our thoughts should be when we missed giving God glory, which mm-hmm. Caleb already brought up, but our reflection in life, just like you said, it becomes more about where we like missed out on doing that and mm-hmm. versus like 
for the, for the Lord, for the sake of other people versus like just what we did good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So obviously we, we've kind of hit on some, some good points of reflection, maybe some, some not so good points of, of reflection, but is it, is it possible to reflect even too much as you look back on a season? Is there, is there a moment where you become uh, too, um, what's the word involved or, um, kind of just sit in the reflection point too much where you kind of become stagnant of just looking, looking prior in your life of this happened and this happened. And I feel like we've interacted with people too, of just like, it always seems to be about things that have happened in the past, which again, to an extent is healthy, but is it possible to reflect even too much? Yeah. I mean, too much of anything is, it can, can be a bad thing. And so I think <clears throat> a practical piece of advice, hopefully people are listening, um, that for my own life specifically that I know Christian men and women struggle in reflecting way too much. We overthink hmm. is looking at our, <clears throat> our sinful past, right. Or our, um, especially in regard to relationships, right? Let me give you an example. People are so caught up about what they did wrong in a specific relationship that they, they did this huge thing and they can't move forward and they can't <clears throat> love other people well because they're so caught up in their own sinful past. Um, and, and it doesn't just apply to relationships. Yeah. And so I think the, the point I'm getting at here when is that when we dwell so much on our sin, because... What I said earlier is that healthy reflection is you look at your sin, you address it as sin, and you ask the Spirit of God to give you the the heart to rebuke that sin. Whereas I think the difference and the unhealthy difference is in the the mentality when we look at our sin, but we romanticize our sin, yeah. or we we glorify our sin. And what do I mean by romanticize our sin? Well, we we make excuses for it. Uh, we we really don't act like it's that bad. We we don't ever seek healing from it. We yeah. think that we can just figure out on our own. Keep it in the dark. Yeah, I mean, I heard I heard this quote one time, but it was that if you think that you can fight temptation on your own, you're assuming that you're um, stronger than Samson. You're um, more after God's heart than David. Um, and there's one other thing that I can't remember, but stronger than Samson and more after God's heart than David. I mean, clearly those people were um, the model Jew almost in the time. And yet they, they were tempted. And so I think just in that, that it reflection becomes unhealthy when you're not addressing your sin as sin, Mm. um, address that your sin is sin and move past it, seek healing and repentance. Because again, I, I think the, the key to good reflection is always repentance. Yeah. The key to reflection is always repentance. Repenting of your past sin and thanking God for the things that he's already helped you to repent of. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Because there's also times in scripture often stated like, stop looking behind and press onto what is ahead. I'm mm. doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. And so um, a lot of times I think it gives me encouragement to look ahead at what the Lord has rather than rather than continuing to look back at, at what happened because he has more good laid out before us. And so to sit too long and just the good he's doing in the past belittles like the good he has for us in the future. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Isaiah 43, 18, he's saying like, look, I'm making a way for you. Um, forget the former things do not dwell in the past. I'm doing a new thing and it springs up now. Don't you see it? And so, that's not, it's not saying 
hear all of our conversation. It's not saying not to look back, but yeah. also um, don't sit in too long in what he's already done. Yeah. But. That's really good. Yeah. I think all this is kind of reflecting on the point. I said reflecting. Um, it, it's kind of packaging in a way that when you look back, it should always point you to, as Caleb mentioned, repentance and ultimately to the character and the person of God. If your reflection is turning you inward, um, is turning you even even horizontally in any direction of, oh man, I wronged that person. What can I do to restore this relationship? It, it should never be that. It should always go, oh man, I wronged this person in this relationship. I should seek forgiveness from God first before I even pursue that person. And so um, I think a healthy kind of um, check marker, um, I guess check mark, um, is, is, is this reflection pushing me closer to, to God, which is then as Bailey mentioned, is going to push you forward, uh, to press on for the race that God has set before you, um, which is ultimately going to bring glory and honor to his name. Um, but I kind of want to, I want to shift gears cause I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I kind of knew this, this makes sense. I've read the scriptures. I have a deep understanding of what this looks like. Um, so I just like want to lay some examples before you. Um, I have three, I don't know if we'll have time for all these, but, um, it's just like a question of the first one is, is how do I reflect after an incredibly hard period of time, um, in a healthy way? Um, so that's just the first one I want to lay before you. Like what is practically speaking, walk through an incredibly hard season. I don't want to put specifics on it cause I don't want to make people feel left out, but just, an, just a hard season, um, maybe not because of lack of discipline, but just circumstances have been incredibly challenging. How would you encourage that person to, to reflect in a healthy way? Yeah. I mean, I think again, the, the reflection is dependent on the circumstance again. So, you know, in difficult times, let's just say that, you know, um, it was that someone in your family passed away, right? I've, I've had multiple parent people in my family pass away. My, um, my grandfather's wife, who was my step grandmother, but she was basically his wife for all of my life from like one to 14. And then she passed away. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, I think it was like 14, but she passed away with Alzheimer's like eight or eight to 10 years ago. And so that was a, that was a hard process for all of us because we, we loved her obviously. And, and you realize with, with all those things, it's a slow, mm. um, it's a slow, um, healing time decay, and, I guess is yeah. the word for it. And so that's just hard. And when you look back and look at all of those things, like you said, it, it, it is hard to reflect, but I think that the key to reflecting in um, difficult situations is to just, again, have an eternal perspective mm. um, and to, to have the perspective that, that like, it's so simple. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've heard this story of this man who was super well known for being a scholar, had been in the word, had, had written books, all of these things. And when he came to the end of his life, they asked him, like, what is the guiding truth that has helped you to live? And this is what he said. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And it's so simple, yeah. but that's the, the principle that we need to believe wholeheartedly yeah. when difficult things in this life come. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Because if we would truly believe that Jesus loves us, then it doesn't matter what we face in this life. Because Jesus said that in me, you will have life. In this world, you will have trouble um, or tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Yeah. And if Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so, then, then whatever hard situation it is, no matter, no matter death, no matter a breakup, no matter 
um, rejection from your favorite school, no matter uh, financial insecurity, if Jesus loves you, then you will be okay. Because Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And so I think really just in, in any sense of reflection, when difficult things are, are happening, we really just have to get to a place where we ask ourselves, do I fully believe that Jesus loves me and that he's going to take care of me yeah. in this? Because he wants to and he will. Mm. That's good. I think, too, when we have the spirit in us, like asking him for his help to see the good, to see where his faithfulness was. Um, I have a friend who mentioned that in this difficult season of life that she was in, she was almost feeling forgotten by the Lord, um, but then went on to just give spout so much wisdom, so much encouragement, bring up scripture in for my own life that I, I kind of turned that back on her and I said, if the Lord hadn't forgotten you, his spirit wouldn't still be in you and you wouldn't be able to be saying like all of this like fruitful mm. um, thing. And so one, just be encouraged in that, that like the spirit is so clearly in you. Um, and because of that, he wants to help you see the good that's been in this, in this season of life or what he's been doing. And so I think it's a reminder that in hard season, after hard season, and when having to reflect on that, um, to ask him for his help, to see Mm. where his faithfulness was in that, to, um, give you clarity in what he's doing, um, or just to build up that trust in you that, He's continuing a good work. And so, yeah, as believers, we, we get to like ask for that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, my, my last semester of college, I, I would say that that was a huge reflecting semester because I was obviously looking back on my, you know, before that two years of college and he sped through college <laughs> so fast. I was looking at my, my two years of college and I was reflecting on, okay, well, uh, like life is changing fast for me and I, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I, I didn't know what my, my future looked like. And so I had to reflect on, okay, well, what did God teach me? And obviously there were a lot of bad seasons in that where I had to look back and I, I realized, well, like maybe I didn't necessarily grow in this season. And I think as Christians, we have to get to a place where we're okay. We, we're okay with growth taking a long time because yeah. that's the way that it always has been. And so I think for me, when I looked back in, um, in last November and I looked back at the the semester, which was a really, really hard one for me because it was so, um, there was so much, so many feelings of what am I doing? Um, just doubt and uncertainty and frustration and um, a lack of passion for anything. I had to look back and realize that, okay, it's, it's not, I'm not going to operate on my feelings. And so I think even in, in any difficult situation or difficult experience, I think the key to reflecting well again is to not um, dwell on your feelings, yeah. right? You always have to um, check your feelings at the door in the light of the truth of scripture. Mm. And so for me in that, in that difficult semester, I had to get to the place where I said, okay, you know what, Lord, what your word says is that you call me to to certainty. You call me to not fear. You call me to trust you. You call me to to not worry because you have have seen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so in that, Lord, I'm going to check my feelings. I I know what I'm feeling, Lord. And I, you're not saying that it's it's invalid, but my feelings are not going to be the defining characteristic yeah. of my life. 
I'm going to root my life in the truth of your word. And what the truth of your word says is do not fear. Trust me and you will be okay. Trust in the Lord and lean on on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I mean that we, we have to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb's sitting on this idea of, of simply holding on to the promises of, of scripture, the promises of God that have been found and been proven true over and over and over again. And I think that's something we have to um, grasp, especially in a hard, hard season of life and, and hold on to the fact that God is, is painting a canvas that isn't just your lifetime. He's painting a canvas that that started in Genesis and is still being written. Um, And the Bible talks about a conclusion in Revelation, but we're still in this already, but not yet. Um, And I think when we situate ourselves in uh, being a part of the body, which Christ is the head, um, he's going to take care of you. It's his own body that he's taking care of. He delights in taking care of his children, of his own body. Um, And so uh, that's my encouragement to you guys is um, no matter even even the good season, which will is, is the next example, even in the good seasons or the incredibly tough seasons, uh, know that the Lord is is using this to be a part of this canvas that He's painting, um, that that depicts His glory uh, for all the nations. And so, yeah, I was just gonna say another thing about a difficult situation, right? Because again, Hebrews says that that we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness. Yeah. Right, and if, if you want a, a proof of that, just look to John um, 19, verse 28, which says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And so that in that moment, that's that's Jesus's last breath. He he's on the cross. He's been in anguish for hours. He was beaten, mocked, scorned of of all people who have experienced um, things that maybe that were wrong or that they didn't deserve. It was clearly Jesus, right? Of all of the difficult situations in the world, we have to, as Christians, say that the most unjust thing was what happened here to Jesus. And yet Jesus in his reflecting moments says that it is finished, right? And that's a loaded statement that it is finished. But I think the, the first thing that I want to attack again is just that he's, he's reflecting on his pain and his sorrow and his worry. And he's saying it is finished. Your, your suffering person in hard times has an expiration date. And we really have to reflect on that, that Jesus is, is suffering. The one who didn't deserve it had an expiration date. And so if, if we share in his death, we will also share in his glory. And in his glory, there is no expiration date. There's an expiration date in the suffering, and yet in glory, there is no expiration date. And that's really what we as Christians, in the difficult times of life, we need to reflect on the fact that his glory is eternal. Because his glory is eternal, our glory will be eternal as well. It's hmm. good. Uh, I guess just kind of flipping the, the page a little bit, um, the complete 180 of that. Um, how, how do we reflect well in a, in a really good season? Things, things seem to be going, um, the way that we anticipated, the way that we, we had hoped, the way that we wanted, um, or maybe it's just been a really, inc- like just incredible season, um, in, in relationships and school, uh, whatever that is, how do we reflect in, in a healthy way that I think is easy to go? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm great. I'm doing an awesome job. Um, what, what's a healthy way to reflect in those, in those times? Well, not really that way because you said I a lot mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> um and so 
once again, I think it's, I think it's the same thing just with a different situation. It's celebrating what the Lord has done in that season. Um, looking back and seeing, um, how he worked in it and to remembering that this is talking more about like kind of emotions, but remembering that it's healthy to process the really good and, and happy and exciting, um, thoughts and moments well too. Um, because I think we talk about that a lot with harder situations, but to know it's good to like wrap your mind around, um, this season where the Lord was showing up in really big and in beautiful ways. Um, Mm. he always is, but to, to see that really heavily in a season of, of celebration and of good, um, not just skipping past it because it didn't take as much work or struggle to like think through. Mm. Um, but to also meditate on that season of, of his faithfulness so that when you move forward, it's not something quickly forgotten. Um, and when you do enter into a harder season again, it's easier to reflect back because you've done the work of, of remembering the, the season where it was just so evident that Mm. he was working around you and it was so obvious that then in a harder season, um, you get to, to cling to that as well. That's good. And so if we, if we jump past it too quickly, um, we'll, we'll be quick to forget which is people we already are. So to be able to meditate on his faithfulness for a while and kind of hold on to that mm. is helpful. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you, if you, if you've read the Bible, you know that the, Israelites were their great salvation before Christ obviously was the Exodus, right? They yeah. were removed from the land of Egypt. They, they crossed the Red Sea and then God in a great work of um, his sovereignty closed the river or the, the Red Sea, sorry, over the Egyptians and killed all of them. And um, in verse 30 of Exodus 14, it says, thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Verse 31, Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. And so I just want to pause there. So the Israelites have been saved by God. They've experienced this great thing. If if there was anything to be um, realizing and reflecting on that this is a great thing, it's that Israel was just saved from their enemies who had oppressed them for 400 years. 430, I think, I believe to be exact. And so we have to look from the eyes of Israel and say that this was a great day. They had just been saved from their enemies. God had completely destroyed them and they were free. They had freedom now. And what does he say again in verse 31? Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. And if you were to just read continuing on, In Exodus 15, they sing a song to um, the Lord, and they say, I think multiple times, I think it's four to be exact, I will sing to the Lord, right? Verse, um, verse, yeah, verse two says, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. And so it's like Bailey said that when we're going through good things, we have to realize that God is the one who orchestrated those good things to happen. And so our result, our, our call, our response should always be to sing to the Lord, to praise him 
and to exalt him. Because again, he's the cause of these, of these good things to happen. And so, yes, it's, it's great to celebrate, but if your celebration only ends in yourself, um, then then you're missing it. Mm. You're missing giving, giving God the honor that he deserves. I don't mean to, to burst bubbles here. Um, but when you walk through a really good season, when you, when you flip the page, I've said this a couple of times, this podcast, that's funny. When you flip the page, there trouble is going to come. Yeah. Um, and so, so celebrate well in the way, even as, as Bailey and Caleb were talking about celebrate well, giving God all the glory and all the praise and all the honor because he's due. John sixteen thirty three. Um, I'm gonna move this over so I can actually see it. Uh, I've said these things to you. So, or that, uh, in me, he may have peace. And so, so Christ is explaining, um, the hour has come. He's going to complete the work that, um, he has set out to complete since the beginning of creation. And then the next sentence, it says in this world, you will have tribulation or trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, and so, so even in seasons where, where things are going incredibly well, um, and it's easy to turn inward, it's easy to turn and things, I must be doing something right. Um, know that you are, as always in your lifetime, falling short of the glory of God. And only by the Spirit are you making His name known. So know that as you hold on to these promises, Christ says trouble is going to come your way in this world because it is sin filled uh, since Genesis 3. Um, and so, so this doesn't even sound like encouragement, but it is because Christ says, take heart because he is the one who has overcome the world. And that is the one that you get to place your hope and your trust in. Um, and so uh, that's, that's my encouragement to you. If you're, if you're walking through a really good season, um, be expecting the storm that's coming your way. Uh, don't be caught off guard as, as life circumstances be, begin to, to crumble, um, as family relationships begin to become tense, um, as your, your schoolwork begins to intensify and you don't know what to do. Um, no, and take heart that, that he has overcome the world. Um, and that's who you get to place your hope and your trust and your purpose in. Um, and so I don't have anything to add on that, but yeah, I was all excited before the podcast about talking about altars and then I almost forgot. forgot. And then that was the perfect time to talk about it. Um, growing up, I got to go to kids camp with, um, my like children's pastor who at the end of each camp, she knew a lot of times that like, whole experience for kids of the camp high where we go and we've just decided all these things that are going to change about our life when we go home and we've spent so much time in worship and in prayer and just like gathered in fellowship. It feels like this like bubble of goodness for a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and she often told us like, you know, it's not, this is, we don't want it to end here. Like we want to carry home the same heart posture. Um, and to do that, we can't stay here at camp. And so as this fifth grader, you just want to stay at camp all Mm -hmm. year long. And, and she was just like, we can't do that. Um, but remember what the Lord is teaching you. And she would tell us to go and find a rock on the camps, um, like campus and to find one that we could take home and set on our nightstand and to be able to, to have that as a physical representation of, um, the reminder of what the Lord was doing in our heart at the time. And so I had a little collection of different rocks from over the years at camp. And, um, part of that just went back to scripture when throughout the old Testament, when the Israelites were, 
um, in battle and things like that. At the end, oftentimes, um, they would build an altar um, and just dedicate it to the Lord with a word of like whatever that um, time was. And so back to what you said, Zach, of um, we are going to enter into a hard season probably again. Um, They didn't just win one battle and get to build an altar to the Lord and say, here you've been faithful, but then they had to leave that place and Mm. we're we're going to enter into another battle again later on and had to remember how the Lord had provided for them before. Because going into another battle, into another fight, it can be easy to think um, that this is the time that they'll be defeated. It looks like, you know, the other army is triple the size. Um, Mm. And how, how are they going to win? And they would, could be able to look back and remember um, like a physical representation of when the Lord had done that before. And so for instance, um, like Caleb and I talked about beforehand in first Samuel um, seven, it says, while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt off, Offering the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed into Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to the point below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Mm. And so they won, or in this battle, they, the Lord was able to, to bring about a loud thunder against the Philistines, not them. Um, and so Samuel knew that and he set up a stone and said, the Lord has helped us. Like the Lord has, Mm. has provided this. And, um, after that, they probably, they have another battle. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's life. Yeah. I think, I think just in closing again, the, The words that the two words I think that are just key to reflection, and this this will be um, super easy to remember because they all start with R. So reflection, repentance, repentance and re- remembrance. 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 So reflection involves remembrance and repentance. You're remembering God, and you're repenting of the ways that you haven't. Wow, bomb dropped. Snaps. Hey, thanks for joining Bailey. It was awesome. It was a pleasure. It was a gift. Um, Merry Christmas to y'all. I, I think most of y'all are about play back home. Yeah. Uh, enjoy time with your family. Enjoy the holidays. Um, yeah. We'll be right back here next Thursday. I think it's like December 20. What would that be? Yeah. December something. 20, 20 something. 21st. 21st. It's Renee Brady's birthday. Wow. We'll see you guys right back here on December 21st. Bye. Yo.